Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Inshallah, if you enjoyed this podcast, then I would like to invite you to become a paid subscriber. When you become a subscriber, you can unlock exclusive podcast episodes just for you. And inshallah, your support will mean that I can continue this service, which I've been providing for free for many years. And inshallah, we really need more Islamic podcasts that discuss the challenges that Muslim women and girls face. So hit the subscribe button today and instantly you will get access to so many more episodes. So the topic I'm discussing today is not my body, not my choice. Well that's when I'm thinking of it, I'm thinking of it like this, but the famous version of the statement is my body, my choice. So first let me explain why I'm discussing this. I discuss the whole subject of that slogan, my body, my choice in my Islam and feminism course, which I've um, I've created. It's on smartmuslima.com. And one of the reasons why I thought this topic is so important is that I see it a lot on social media platforms and I hear women, whether it's Muslim or non-Muslim, that seems to be a way of thinking because it's not only is it a slogan but it's become like a way of thinking and a principle that women are living by and when I first heard it I wanted to know okay so what does it mean it sounds good you know it sounds quite harmless doesn't it that yeah it's my body and I can choose what I do with it and so I've heard it when people have discussed abortion you know reproductive rights um, when people discuss hijab, when women discuss the whole um, discussion around sexual harassment, the idea of victim blaming, 
as well that's something you know that when a woman is um blamed she's attacked and she's blamed based on the way she dresses so the many times when this has come up and that it's this idea that no also that no one should tell not just women but men as well because i think it's becoming you know men women and children regarding what we can do with our bodies how we can um how we choose to cover our bodies and also what we decide to do with it's even gone as far as if you want to change the changes you want to make to your body i think that's the thing that is very alarming now so okay where did this when did this statement first turn up okay it happened in the 1960s that's when it fir- you first heard it but if you look if you just google um women's marches in the 1960s and this is the whole era of you know sexual liberation you know um th- think of the hippies think of um, you know the slogans of free love you'll see in these marches you'll see that placard my body my choice and when I first began studying feminism, this was just purely for myself, I was interested um, because again, I was being told as a woman, I should adopt feminist ideas and feminism is like for me, it's the way to get my rights. And again, that's for all women, Muslim or non-Muslim. And I thought, okay, well, I'm really interested to know where has this come from? So, and the reason why that statement was made was in the 1960s, you had um, a a discussion and actually not only discussion, an argument between conservatives who were against, and this is in America, it all began in America. I'm sure American listeners know more than me about this, but there was a discussion regarding abortion and that the women should have the right to do it. Now at that time, women, if you, you know, women can get pregnant and not want a pregnancy for many reasons. And so at that time, they had no legal way to get an abortion. So what you could be, for example, a victim of abuse, you could be a victim of rape, and or you could even for health reasons, it was very difficult for a woman to get an abortion. And so unfortunately, what women would turn to were illegal abortions, backstreet abortions, and they were very unhygienic. Women would die, women would have massive complications, you know. So there was a lot of there was a lot of trouble around the subject, and we have to um, understand that this was, you know, it wasn't just women who wanted to. It can be sometimes painted women who just wanted to have um, relationships out of marriage, and then they got pregnant, and they want, didn't want that child. You know, there, there are many, it's, um, I, I do think when we look at the dis- topic of feminism and women's rights, we should be, uh, let's not just go for the stereotypes and, you know, an, an argument that agrees with our way of thinking. We should be intelligent and objective enough to see there are many sides to, to a problem. So, okay, so you had women who wanted this and then you had conservative, a very conservative Christian society in America who they felt this was a a massive threat to the family. It would increase promiscuity. And again, they had their arguments were also valid. So you then, so then women were then saying, no, it's my body. It's my choice. I should be able to decide if I have a baby or not. Yeah. So that, that was thinking. So then what happened was as time went by again, 1960s, 1970s, 
abortion was legalized and you had, so the pill was, uh, um, became legalized as well. But women could now go and get that abortion that they wanted. And that was seen as a step forward. So let's just play, that's the context of it. Now, for a Muslim now, when we're looking at that, what we need to realize is that it's not, abortion was just one part of it. Because as a Muslim, we could look at this discussion and think, well, Islam does permit abortion within an Islamic framework. Yeah, there are a set number of days. You know, difference, all the classical schools of opinion agree that within a certain number of days, um, you know, and there's hadith regarding, so I don't have the hadith in front of me, but we all know as Muslims, abortion within a certain, before the um, soul, the ruh is blown into the, the fetus in the mother's stomach, before that happens, before, you know, the, um, you know, the, the bunch of cells, the fetus is actually, there's a point where the angel comes and it becomes a human being. And then at that point, after that, we cannot abort a child unless, you know, now then this is where fic comes into it. And I'm not going to delve into that because I'm not qualified to give those rulings. But if you need to find out about the details of abortion, please go to a person of knowledge, go to the school of thought that you follow and you ask them your specific situation. Because Alhamdulillah, that's the beauty of Islam. Every specific situation there is a ruling and you can find the answer. So I'm not going to be ignorant and um, give a ruling here, but within Islam, abortion is allowed within limits, okay? But now, if you look at this discussion that happened in the 60s, that was a very different discussion. It was not, um, it, well, number one, Islam didn't come into it at all. And, and the point I'm making here is that as Muslims, just because something sounds like there is some overlap with Islam, it doesn't mean we wholesale just take it on board and think. So it, it, here it would be Islam permits abortion. You know, women have that right. So therefore, this statement is OK. So we, we don't do that. What we do first is we find out what does Islam say about abortion, about um, the rights of um, humans over their bodies, men and women and children. And then we take it from there. So Islam is a starting point, And then we evaluate any way of thinking or any um, view that is being given to us. Because that is what is this um, principle, my body, my choice, is what we are being told to accept. And as Muslims, we don't have to accept it. We have to think what does the Quran and what do the Prophet say about it first. And if it aligns with it, I'll take it. If it doesn't, I'm, I'm not going to do that. So, okay, so what are then the ramifications of, you know, of this statement? Because as Muslims, like I've said, we believe that Allah created our bodies. And then Allah also gave us rules. Um, and it's an, um, and very detailed rules, actually, about, uh, for example, what we consume for our bodies. Yeah. So it just, just for example, drugs and alcohol are haram. Yeah, whether it's weed, you know, marijuana cocaine I can't think of any others I'm sure you guys know like for whether it's class A class B it's not permitted in the same way alcohol is not permitted and the thing is that when you look at these things that Allah has not has um, told us not to consume when you look at the ramifications of what happens when people do consume them as we know you know we all know the effects of drugs 
you know, the, the, the addiction of those two drugs and alcohol and the horrendous effects it has on an individual and then on families and then society, you know, it's, I, we all know that. And alhamdulillah, it's a blessing that Allah has said, you cannot have them. They're there in the world. You know, some people say, oh, well, why did Allah create these things? Well, Allah is wise. Allah knows best. That's where our knowledge ends. And we trust in Allah's um, rules. We trust in Allah's um, guidance and we follow it because we can see what happens to people who do not follow it. You know, how many alcoholics, how many, you know, who have recovered, how many drug addicts who have recovered wished they had never gone down that path. But Alhamdulillah, Allah's already told us, do not go down that path. So okay, that's just one example of something we consume. Allah also tells us how men and women and children, how they stress, you know, there's, there's rules about that and how it protects us, how it protects our, you know, protects us from the gaze of others, you know, because we have no idea when people are looking at us, what, what is their intention when looking at us, you know, men or women and children as well. And I'm going to keep bringing children into it because the protection that is Allah gives to children around this whole idea, because once children get it into their heads, that oh, it's my body, my choice, we'll discuss where that, what that leads to. Um, so, okay, so the idea of tattoos, something as, as simple as tattoos, Allah has forbidden this. Yeah, again, Allah knows best why. When I think of the tattoos that I've seen and, um, you know, the, the kind of, you know, j- just the things that people are now writing on their bodies and, you know, it's it's horrendous, you know, astaghfirullah. But okay, so that, that's just a few rules. And I think as Muslims, we should educate ourselves about more about the idea of our body is an amana. You know, our body will... Uh, it's also interesting that our body isn't the most important thing. Like in Islam, the emphasis is on our intentions, our actions, our soul, you know, protecting. And our body, nowadays, the obsession is with our bodies. We're made to be obsessed with our bodies. Just think of, you know, I'm thinking of plastic surgery. I was living in Istanbul for a little while. And I think it is the capital of plastic surgery as far as the Muslim world, because it's become so cheap to, you can go there. I didn't, by the way, I didn't go there to to have any kind of plastic surgery, although people joked about that. And I'll tell you a funny story. I went to a a woman's salon just to find out about facials. And straight away, they they offered me um, Botox. And I, I couldn't believe it. Um, and then they were offering me all kinds of procedures. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
and I was I wanted to I I kind of did run out of there because I was so shocked at how quickly um, procedures were being offered and how reasonably priced they were. But and and if if you go to the malls there, you'll see people with their nose they've had nose jobs. You know, you can see the plasters. The men get their hair um, what's what, um, hair transplants. Now again, I'm not. Um, maybe it, it did sound like I am passing judgment on that. I was just I was surprised how much there was and you could see where pe it was interesting the some procedures are it's mainly lips that I'm were very noticeable the the very large enlarged lips um seem to be very fashionable there but that that's just sorry that's just a side point but again the plastic surgery the idea of wanting to change your body to fit into what is what is the trend at the moment and I'm sure many of you know there's this idea of the Instagram face and the Instagram body that's mainly to do with women. I'm sure for men there are certain body types that men aspire to and there are procedures or steroids or whatever it is to achieve to try to achieve that but I'm, I'm just thinking of the Instagram face for women it's a very um women will have plastic surgery to get the kind of um slanted fox eyes to have large lips, to have a petite nose. And then um, also there's this um, Brazilian butt lift, if I'm I think it's correct. I was watching a documentary about this. And again, having an enlarged um, rear end, that is another procedure. It's very popular. But so now, again, as Muslims, the first thing we have to think about is if, if anyone is thinking of plastic surgery, because seeing that I was offered it on a plate so many times, um, you have to think, is this permitted? Am I, you know, there's issues relating to our, what can you uncover in front of a, a person to have an unnecessary, you know, procedure done on yourself. But also more importantly, this obsession with the body. I thought that was my kind of point that I was making and I've kind of gotten, gone off on a tangent. But, you know, so first thing is always think, am I allowed to do this? I need to ask a person of knowledge, am I allowed to do any kind of procedure? Am I allowed to you know, have these piercings done, which again is another thing that it happens a lot. So, okay, so now that's um, one aspect. Now, the other aspect is that if you, when you live by this principle that you've accepted it, it's an okay principle. Where is the end point? Where does it end? That, that is my concern because when we look nowadays, that if we, um, that statement then makes dressing provocatively, and I'm talking about men and women here now, and objectifying yourself and presenting yourself in a very, you know, sexualized manner, that becomes okay because it's your body. You can do with whatever you want with it. You see, that that's what, and we see that happening. So that, that's something that is going on. The other thing that you have is the idea of cross-dressing. Now, um, and so men dressing like women and women dressing like men, because if that's how you choose to express your yourself and show your body, um, again, who can argue with you if you if that's what they believe in? And, and again, if we start believing in that, how can we then argue with someone who says or and again, even let's say discuss it with our children or our nieces and nephews, because if you've taken that on board, what? why are you then going to accept any hadith or any ayah that then 
opposes that view. That that's the that's the area where it becomes quite grey. Now then, what becomes worse is okay. So the idea of nudity, you know, again that you have this whole movement where people say you should be, you know, you should be able to show your body. But then the next step then goes on to pornography. How can you argue against pornography when someone is saying, well, I want to do this. It's my choice. Who are you to tell me not to do it? Can you see it's this idea that no one can tell you what to, um, what to show, what not to show. And also then if you want to make money from that as well, that, and, and the argument that is always put forward is, I'm not harming anyone else. Yeah. It's my choice because so, and it becomes difficult for friends to advise each other. It becomes difficult for parents to advise their children. So again, as Muslims, I'm get, I guess I want us all to think about the ramifications of taking that statement on board. Now then the, what the final point that then you come to is, well, if someone says, well, I don't like my body, I don't like the, the, I'm a man, but I, I feel like I'm trapped. I want, I actually want to be in, in a woman's body or vice versa. That woman saying I'm a man inside a woman's body. I need to change my body. And that is exactly what we have now. And it seems that you are not allowed to critique that view. You are not allowed to point out all the dangers, doctors who point out the dangers of sex change procedures are criticized and you're labeled as a bigot you are labeled as being you're not you're illiberal because you are preventing someone from doing what they want to with their body again so you can see a person can very happily argue it's my body it's my choice you know it's none of your business and what is really tragic is when you see this in children that the this way of thinking is as you all know, it's on Netflix shows, it's in books, it's being popularized. And children are then starting to think, well, yeah, maybe I am, you know, let's say a, a girl's a bit tomboyish, you know, she doesn't like playing with dolls, you know, she doesn't like wearing pink, you know, big deal. Lots of girls are like that. And then these ideas start filtering that, well, oh, maybe you actually, you should be a boy, or maybe you are a boy, it's just you're in the wrong body. Um, and so, these are really, I guess I've, I've said quite a lot and it's just food for thought really. And like I said before, it's, I discuss this in, in greater depth in, and, and the other ideas that have added to this where in my Islam and feminism course, and it's interesting, this isn't a popular topic. You know, people may, I've had people say to me that what, you know, why you, you're having a go at feminism or you're you're unnecessarily being critical but it's interesting when you study a top topic and then it helps you on especially when it's relating to society because when i think as muslims um we it's our duty to care about not only our society our communities you know wider community society as well the prophet said islam came not just for muslims you know it came for all of humanity and when we can see the cause of a problem, I think um, we should intelligently and calmly discuss it. And that's what I hope to, to achieve in my Islam and feminism course, that if we look at when it comes to women's rights and the whole idea of how a woman should think about her life, about her body, about what she chooses to do, 
feminism has become the like it's like the overarching framework that is used we can't i think it would be naive of us to ignore that and like i said i when i do discuss um this topic of you know and it comes under second wave feminism that's where i, um, I look at it um to understand where we are today the problems that we are seeing and it's and what we need to realize as Muslims, we live in the West, we are affected by it. It's not like we are cocooned or insulated from this, because as you know, our whether it's our friends, whether it's our teenage nieces and nephews, they are being taught these ideas in, in colleges. But to be honest, we're all consuming it via popular culture and social media. And it's so easy. The fact that I see Muslims repeating this, that I see it on their social media feeds. And I think, you you know, I'm not being arrogant here. Um, once upon a time, I wasn't aware of this. But I think if, if you knew the history and then the ramifications of the statement, you wouldn't be so quick to propagate it. And that's what I'm just asking us to all do is just think it through and just and realize that, okay, this isn't this is a, um, a way of thinking that contradicts my deen. And if I take it on board and I start posting it online, and if I start allowing my family and friends to say these things without, you know, intelligently and calmly questioning them, you know, that, that is going to be a problem. And the thing is that talking is how things change. The Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi he, he talked to people. He, you know, he got them to question their ideas. So, you know, the whole idea of, burying your daughters alive. The Quran made people question that action. You know, the idea of mistreating orphans. The Quran pointed that out, that this is going on in society and questioned it and made people who had never thought about it before made them question their actions. And it got them thinking and that created change. So Alhamdulillah, as Muslims, I really do feel that's what our role is in society today. So inshallah, if you found that useful, um, have a look at the course, inshallah. The link is at the top. It's on smartmuslima.com. Would you like to share in the reward of the creation and promotion of Smart Muslima podcast? If so, there's three easy ways you can do this. Number one, your du'as are so valued. That would really help in the creation of the podcast. Number two, please leave a quick review. And number three, donate via the link in the podcast description so that I can really promote this podcast to more Muslims and inshallah they can benefit from the content. So all the links you need are in the podcast description. I'd like to thank all my listeners, you know, from the bottom of my heart, I wouldn't be able to continue creating this podcast if it wasn't for your du'as and your support. Jazakallah khair. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.